The show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash dangle to receive 20% off your next purchase. Yeah, or or you'll look like this spider. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's nice and shaved. Yeah, he, well. See? He's also. Maybe you want to. Dead. (laughs) Because it's Halloween. Spooky, spooky Manscaped. Let's start the show, Jesse. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Eric Shelgren will make his first start against the team that drafted him tonight against Arizona. Um, Hooray. Who, who knew that they've drafted him? I. You ever remember something you forgot? Yes. You know? Yeah. I, if you had asked me, I would have never come up with the answer. But as soon as you tell me that, I'm like, I did know that. It was in a dusty bin in the mm-hmm. back of my mind. Now, we're going to play a little game called Can You Name the Starter for the Coyotes? It's got to be Karel Vimelka. Is it not? Gonna, I'm going to check. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. If it's not, it's the goalie who we put emphasis on <laughs> in the Coyotes preview, and I still don't remember his name. Oh, you know this person's name because they made a waiver wire pickup. Oh, it's Connor Ingram. Uh, I think it's Karel Vamelka, but Connor Ingram is dressing today. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was fun. Oh, good for him. Um, by the way, it's coming. It came out this weekend. It's looking like there's really no path forward between Chikrin and the Coyotes, which is kind of it's such an interesting thing because from the outside, Chikrin looks like a guy who would be worth the money and the contract that he's probably asking for. Is he like younger John Klingberg? I think cooler heads are prevailing here. Like it's sort well, of they. They both said well, we're not. We're not going to get it done. Well, cooler heads are prevailing. Uh, usually means a deal does get done, but I, I think in this case, it, I think the league might be cooling on this guy because listen, young and at a good number and a right-handed defenseman, I believe. Uh, I think he's left. He might play both sides. Though. Okay, okay, doesn't matter. He's young and at a good number. Mm-hmm. Super appealing, but you know, the news cycle doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And the Jacob Chikrin story has been going for months. It's been going for months. And what has become a more and more common story over, over those months is how the cap is going to go up and it's going to go up in a big way. So 
you know, you could argue, well, that would make his number even better. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're right. It would. But does that also maybe decrease the need to go out and give the sun and the moon for a player like this, a player who has been out of sight and out of mind? Yes, he's he's, he's injured too. He's got a wrist injury. And he just got over an ankle injury. Right. So you want me to give you four firsts and all of our prospects, each draft pick that we've made for the last five years for a guy coming off an ankle injury and a wrist injury? No, there are other players in the National Hockey League. And I think that's what teams are realizing. Is Chikrin a good one? Yep. Good value? Yep. There's other players. We'll figure it out. I also think you need to factor in, everybody talks about how in free agency, although some of I, I do feel like the Caps got a bit of a deal with Sonny Milano. Um, you know, most of the times when you're paying for a, a key player, you're overpaying a little bit. But you have to remember that there's the acquisition cost of players that are still going to be RFAs, right? Even, even if they are an RFA or if they've got a year left or two years left, it's whatever it costs you plus the money it'll cost to resign. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm a little confused. You, you said the Caps got a deal with Sonny Milano? Well, Waver's got a deal. So you mean, Arizona, did Arizona claim him? Well, it is 11.54 and waivers aren't announced until 2. And what I was trying to figure out in the car on the way here is tonight's puck drop is 7.07. Could Sonny Milano Could make it? Sonny Milano be in the lineup for the Coyotes tonight. 11.55. He made I'm a lot of sense right for them. Now. He made a lot of sense for the why, Coyotes? Yeah, why not? The he, hell? Might, he might not have wanted to sign there. Right, but, n- but now he has to. He's signed a one-way deal, so he's, get se- he's getting 750 in the NHL and 750 in the minors. And that's designed to scare teams away. I don't think it's going to scare the Coyotes away because he easily makes that roster. He's not going to be playing in the minors for them. I think if he had told them, hey, I don't want to sign there, they're not going to claim him. GMs don't do that. They'd be like, so GMs, yeah, even our players do. don't want to play nah, here. Not, not, <laughs> not if somebody explicitly says, I'm not going to sign a contract with you, and then you bring them in a day later. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that to like the agent and the player. It's not going to happen. That, you're right. It's bad business. Yeah, Jesse. it's bad business. Well, Sonny Milano flies in the face of what the Coyotes are trying to accomplish because like he might make them better. <laughs> and if they're not careful, like th- this is a big, this is a scary game for them in terms of their season. Uh, they're in Toronto. They're playing the Leafs who routinely play down to their opponents. Coyotes have a very good starter. The Leafs are playing their third stringer. This is shaping up to be a two-point disaster for the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Connor Bedard is averaging 14 shots a game. Mm-hmm. You cannot screw this up by going to Toronto and winning games. He's got nine goals and ten assists, I think, in ten games. Yeah. They're, they're going to they're gonna screw this up. There's a good, I guarantee there are members of the Coyotes organization who saw that Shelgren was starting today and they went, Damn it! No! As they watch nothing but Regina Pat's highlights on their phone. <laughs> uh, Jacob Chickering's going to be an Edmonton Oiler. You think you, you don't think it's going to be the Sens? Because the no, Sens have been Ed- on it for forever. Uh, Friedman on Saturday night, if you missed it, said that he doesn't see a path forward between the Sens and the Coyotes. They've been talking for a little bit, and there's just been nothing developing. Listen, Dorian's Is, made some good trades. I'm sure he doesn't want to like... Are you doing a bit? No, that's what he said. That's what the first five minutes of the show was. No, no, no. We're talking. No. I was talking about the path forward. There's never, ma- many paths forward. Oh. We're talking about the free agent, the the contract between the Coyotes and Chikrin as well. Oh, no. The, the, he said there's not going to be a trade. Oh no, between I've... the Sens specifically and and yeah. uh, and my the Coyotes. My conversation but was Adam, about how there was no way the Coyotes are going to resign him now because that Adam was always hanging. The, in the, the trade end. is imminent between somebody, but 
This is between so the Sens, for me. between the Sens in particular, Friedman did report that their trade's not imminent. Oh, there, yeah. this is trippy for but. me because I listened to that quote on the way here. Oh yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, stop! Everyone, stop saying it. While you were on your path forward to my house, <laughs> yes, um, that's what happened. Uh, anyway, I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit before we see Trickon moved. For, uh, and but like Edmonton right now seems like a very good candidate. Does this feel like a Klingberg situation where like he's going to move, he's going to move, and I didn't move, and then it's Possibly. next off season? Could be, mm-hmm. could be. I mean, he's I know not- it's early, but it just Klingberg was almost what November last year, and then it was oh he's going to move, somebody's going to make an offer, nobody made an offer. Yeah, like this deal, it went away, it went away, like it really lost steam, and no one was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like the Sens need to focus on the guys they got. Yeah. Really? It's not desperate times there yet. No. Um, they're 0 2. Well, but like, from what I understand, Ottawa radios having a freak out this morning. <laughs> um, I mean, but yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean, listen, th- there was going to be some grow- growing pains with this, and it's three games in. I mean, uh, th- are they a much improved team? Yes. Unanimously, we agree. Um, do could they have easily won an overtime on Saturday night? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do teams with lots of new players gel right away? No. No. Anton Forsberg looked great. He did. Like that's <laughs> a very important thing. Claude Giroux on the board. They're going to be fine. Are we going to talk about Saturday? I I, I was going to get sure. to that. I just yeah. I do want to. Uh, I'm going to start with what happened pregame, which was Matt Murray and the adductor injury. Now Mike Ajello tweeted this. I remember this. And I had forgotten. You, you ever remember something you forgot? Yep. Do you remember the Olympics where Hashik got injured? Everybody's talking about like, this is his last run in the Olympics. And then he gets injured and Ottawa had signed him to be their starting goaltender. And he didn't play again. Oh, wow. After the Olympics. That is the same injury that Matt Murray sustained. Now, when you sustain an injury, obviously there's various different levels. Matt Murray, I mean, Hashik might have been close to 40 at that point too. So your recovery is a lot different. Uh, I think there might have been a, there's like a 14 or 15 year spread between the two of them. But, um, but Matt Murray getting this injury in a pregame warmup before that, you know, the game where he's supposed to start against his old team is not great. Can we stop saying adductor? He fucking, he strained his groin. It's an adductor. Like, <laughs> everybody can go to, because that's the official medical term, then the Leafs went with that on the PR. He's okay. fucking, his, his groin's not stretchy. Yeah. I think the reason <laughs> they're doing that is because it's like saying your leg. Well, like, what part of your leg? Like, there's so much that goes into your leg. There's a lot that goes into your groin. Yeah. Uh, are we, do we need to get that specific? I don't know. <laughs> I kinda, I kinda, it does make a lot more sense you know, to just go with if, if we're, oh, just tell me which part of the right. body hurts See, I we're, talking, we're talking to lay, like the layman here I'm like, a layman we're, like we're, we're talking to peasant. regular hockey fans yes. and I say oh you know Matt Murray's adductor you know it's just fucking it's hurting again just say it's fucking groin strain he's a goalie all he does is stretch his groin and he can't get it right everything I've learned about my back and my body is from having a bad one or sorry, my uh, car and my body was the line I was going to use, is by having a bad one. And by constantly going and getting it fixed, I learn about all the parts of my car and all the parts of my back. Uh, And one of the fun little muscles that I've learned about along the way is the adductor. So when they said the adductor, I'm like, that's helpful because I actually know what that is. And like, sometimes I get a tight adductor and I know my little routine that I have to do. Where is it? 
It's it's sort of okay. Whip that, it out. Oh, what is it? Well, Whip it, it out. Show it's us. Inner thigh. Put it on the table. And I think it connects around your knee. <laughs> okay. okay, so that's a pain in the ass. Like, yeah, no, Except it's, a, it's no, when, a pain in the knee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, when you manscape, do you skip it? Oh, you wouldn't go down that far. No. Well, you might. You might. I if, mean, you if might. If you're a swimmer, you might. Well, if you're a swimmer, you might. I had a teacher in elementary school tell me I need to shave my legs to be more aerodynamic during track and field. Really? I was 13 when I was told that. That's a weird teacher. Wow. Yeah, that's weird. You ever considered shaving? Like, that's weird, man. Well, now I'm 34 and I... Now that I tell that story out loud, yeah, what the fuck? I told a story long ago, but the sh- short story is I tried to, I tried, I, when, when your hair grows in on your bum, it, it gets uncomfortable and I shaved, I shaved one cheek and it was such a mess that I <laughs> left the other cheek. <laughs> How old were you? I was 18. Oh my was, God. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm like, a little I'm, too old. I'm a university student. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of confidence, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Walking around like everybody knew the one cheek was shaved and the other cheek was not. And Manscaped existed back then. And I could have used the promo code Dangle. I would have. I need to know <laughs> this is what not month a, of the a year mineral, was this? By the way. <laughs> What's that? What month of the year was this? This is a very that important was, um, question. Actually, I think it was, it, it was sunny. I think it was the spring. I think it was the spring. Okay, spring yeah. is fine. I was going to say, if this is July, you're going to have legendary swamp ass. Oh, yeah, no. no you're just no, going to be, no. my point <laughs> was, be all day. My point like, was, for hockey fans, I think it would be uh, easier if, hockey, what? if people just reported it as, hey, the stretchy part in between your yes. legs, like that's what Matt Murray keeps straining, and it's attached to the groin. Yes. No, yes. but like, if you break your leg, right? Oh, he's got a broken leg. Yeah. I know if you break... Uh, one of the, and this is, this is how dumb I am, but the, the two main bones in your basically calf and shin, whatever. I, I know it's like, a, I think it's a six to eight week recovery. Mm-hmm. Your femur mm-hmm. is months, months and months. And those are both your leg. Okay. There now. are, there are other bones and muscles in your body that are more common. The adductor isn't one of those. What if it causes groin. people to Google what the adductor <laughs> Calf is? Calf is something most people know. Yeah. Uh, thigh, arm, and then we could go to like your fever. That's something people, your wrist. Oh, if I say wrist, that's a specific part of your arm. Maybe but we groin. need to learn. Groin <laughs> makes more sense. <laughs> you know what? My dad adductor. resents learning me- metric. My dad resents learning metric. Jeez. Show me. Guess what? We all learn metric. And all you medical students out there, don't tweet me. I know you know. Leonardo da Vinci, you know that Leonardo da Vinci thing with like the man? Yeah. Just show me on that Leonardo da Vinci yeah. thing where it hurts. Jesse, I think you're right. Thank no, you. Jesse it wants... Hurts in, it hurts in the groin area. Okay, you cool. You yeah, I think you understand what I'm saying because you're like in, in top 40, you translate things the easiest way. Yes. And I feel like they're not doing that here by using adductor all the time. And I think they like to do that. And You know what? I wasn't doing it. And you know what? Maybe this is a good check on me. Jesse wants that Da Vinci <laughs> photo to just have like six or seven things listed. That's yeah! all you need. That's it. That's and actually all you need. Arm, other arm. Doesn't even say left or right. It just says arm and other. <laughs> Every kinesiology physi- physiology major right now is just screaming at oh, the yeah. radio. But <laughs> I know what the adductor is, or at least I know what it is when it hurts. If you're at UFT kinesiology, you hate the show. Yeah. <laughs> I am staying up super late to get all this shit done. Um, it, yeah, you thought you yeah. could escape. Oh, you thought you were going to enjoy UFT? Nope. Um, you know, you've heard about that, right? It's very difficult. Matt, Mike uh, Mike Stevens talks about how oh, tough how U of T is. is difficult. Just brutal. Um, cool. I went to so, uh, the other 
Toronto scored. So Matt the Leafs scored. put Matt Murray on LTIR. <laughs> They're able to call up three players, Simmons, Robertson, Mete. But I got to ask you guys, before the game even starts, in your head, for Kyle Dubas, is this bad luck? Is this a bad look? Or is it both? Um, it's both. He made his own luck here. And uh, that's a horrible and harsh thing to say, but it is what it is. Um, I wanted Matt Murray to succeed as a Leaf. He still might. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and like, yeah, this doesn't stop him from succeeding generally. Okay. Like he could have this injury not, and, and be completely fine in the playoffs. We're not even talking about it. Here's how to look at it for the second straight year, Kyle Dubas acquired a new goalie that got hurt after the first game. That's bad luck. Sure. How many games did Mrazek play the year before he signed with the Leafs? I think it was like 15 or 12. It was 12. How many games did Matt Murray play last 20. year? I believe it was 22. Sorry. That's uh, not good enough. So That's not good enough. If your that goaltender your 10 plan. the goal, if you're an injury-prone player, don't be surprised if you get injured. Yeah. Like, I don't know why we weren't. We probably should have been talking about this more. That Samsonov played 44 games last year. Like, that's a relatively full season for a goalie who played in a tandem role. What, what was Murray at, Jesse? Last year, you played 20 games. You guys are right. 20. Mm-hmm. 20. I remembered something. Like, <laughs> so, so Mrazek, the year before he signed with the Leafs, and Murray, the year before he was traded to the Leafs, combined for 32 games, which is 12 fewer than Samsonov played last year. It's terrible luck. I feel awful for Murray. This was a great chance to get a, a new opportunity. You know what I? You know what I remember? I remember Lindros when he signed with the Leafs? He played. Um, he played ballistic the first thirty games, and then he got injured. He was he. I he played something like thirty. And Matt Sundin went down games. early, so he had to take his spot. Yes, and he did play really well. And I remember he was on a line with Ty Domi for a while, and for and it worked for some reason. And he got hurt. And he came back from his injury. And if I'm not mistaken, he broke his arm. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That and, was just a cursed year for him. And I just remember the interview the next day, and he had like tears in his eyes because of how frustrating that must be for him. And I think of how frustrating this must be for Matt Murray. And, and like, this fucking sucks for him. And he looked but, good in the first game, too. I I thought people he were good. he was come see come saw like people were okay maybe overly hard on him. It's the first game. It's the first game. You know what I mean? Uh, Samsonov has allowed some stinkers overall. He's been fine. <laughs> we're three games in. I'm not, I'm not going to evaluate all that. Uh, I feel horrible for Matt Murray. Leafs management not good enough. Not good enough. Like they they could be three and one after all this. Like listen, the team they've assembled is good. Uh, this is not good enough process. And I'm not trying to say they should have shelled out all this money for Jack Campbell. They decided that would have been bad process. And I think they would have been right. Um, you know, I, and this has nothing to do with Campbell's first two games, which have not been good at all. Did have a fun body check. That was big. Jack Campbell's been not good. Yeah, but it's a couple games. No. Yeah. He's been not good. I mean, but he's been the worst first period goalie in the league through mm-hmm. the first couple games. Yep. Literally in the league. Absolutely. But I think you got to, again, we got to, we got to average this out over 10, 15 games before we make a call like that. I agree with that. This uh, management group swung and missed to date on two goalies with 
lengthy injury histories. And what did I say about the Philadelphia Flyers going out and getting Ryan Ellis and hedging all their bets on Ryan Ellis, who was great for them for four games? Mm -hmm. He was the player they expected him to be for four games. Then he got injured. He hasn't been back. And I feel horribly for Ryan Ellis. I do not feel bad for the Flyers. Mm -hmm. You bet on a guy who has an extensive injury history. So the response is what happened. The response to this is going to be, well, what would you have had them do? Anything else. And, and listen, maybe this was the best option that they could see. And this counter argument is why the Samsonov signing was so smart and such a good one for them. But also we didn't know Samsonov was going to be available until like days before he was, here's what I want to know. What the fuck was the plan before that happened? I think, I actually think that there was, I, I, I know the Leafs were, were hunting, but we all know the Leafs were hunting Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm yeah. sure if he had become available, like if he hadn't re-signed with the Wild before the free agency, that was a guy they wanted. I think Billy Huso was a guy that they were, they were interested in. I still but think, I think there's like 10 teams. At that number. Two unrestricted free agents who could have gone anywhere they wanted. Those are two huge tropes. And you can make a trade with the team, throw a, a low rent, draft pick at them well, excuse me low round draft pick at them and and pick up that player and try to negotiate th- with them for a few mm-hmm. days before and there were see. options like down the road like guys like eric comrie who could have they could have just picked up and put in the organization yeah. you know there were options well like waiver the waiver wire is not an option for the toronto maple leafs frankly because they did too well last year mm-hmm. they're too good they're too good and and they also have 50 contracts that is another piece of bad process now explain explain for people that might not know and i know that everybody listening to this is going oh my god there a lot of people actually don't know that there's a contract limit there's an amount of players that you can have under contract how does that work so you're only allowed to have 50 players under contract at any given time there are exceptions and i think it has something to do with major junior so guys can slide so like um i'm pretty sure fraser minton slides he just signed his deal and Etc. 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 They they have a number of guys in junior, but when the Leafs signed Zach Aston Reese, they were at fifty. Fifty. You're right there. That's part of the reason why they really wanted to get rid of Wayne Simmons. It wasn't a cap thing. It was doing right by him because he wants to play in the league, and he just got called up. Still not going to play in the league, at least not tonight. Um, but. So being when, able to trade Wayne Simmons would bring them down to 49. And if they get to 49, they'll have a spot where they can sign a goalie. So just to just to put this in relative terms, let's say the Arizona Coyotes or Montreal Canadiens, who, you know, I guess would be the first two picks for the waiver wire. I think it'd be Montreal. Right? Montreal, would be Montreal would be the first yeah. pick. Uh, and they update that every month, right? Don't they? I don't know how often they do it, but it's it's based on your place in the standings. Yeah. And for the first month of the season, it's based on your standings. The previous from, year. From the previous year. So let's say Edmonton Oilers lose their mind and they put Connor McDavid on... Uh, waivers. On waivers. Now, every other team except for the Leafs are stupid in this scenario and they take a pass on them. Money's too much. Can't afford it. Okay? Can't afford them. No. Pandemic. Whatever. Okay? Then the Leafs with 50 contracts... Can they pick up Connor McDavid? Well, you might say to yourself, well, couldn't they just waive someone? Yeah. But what if no one claims them? So no, they couldn't. They'd have to, I think they'd have to like waive someone for the purpose of terminating their contract. Yeah. 
So they would have to, and I don't even, I don't even know if that's ever happened. Because that's not where, like a buyout either. It's weird. Like that, that whole scenario is strange. Yeah. Like usually that sort of thing is mutual. The Flyers just did it recently with Lena Sandine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't even know what they would do. Mm-hmm. So that's a hilarious way to put it, Adam. But uh, this is part of the reason why I can't remember if I said it on this podcast or on the stream or on LFR. It's that time of year where I'm doing a lot of stuff. But I saw two scenarios. One, they can trade Wayne Simmons for future considerations. They may even have to tie a pick to him. um, And that would free up a spot. Or they could look for a trade that's similar to the Matt Martin trade. Who did the Leafs get in exchange for Matt Martin? Does anyone remember his name? Uh, I think they got future considerations. Nope, it was a goalie. Oh, Ian Scott? Eamon McAdam. Eamon McAdam. He got him from the Islanders. Oh, I knew that because of the LFR. Yes. Ah, <laughs> there you yeah. go. So uh, they would have to look at that. Now, I was texting someone about that idea, and they're like, oh, yeah, that'll save things. No, 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 no. I didn't say the goalie had to be good. Mm-hmm. They just need to be a living, breathing, professional goalie human yeah. under NHL contract. So something, something like that deal, would it very le- – like – if one of their goalies gets hurt tonight, if Shelgren gets hurt tonight, they will not have a backup goalie. Mm-hmm. Can you can you explain where everybody is? Because Wall's out. So they have five goalies under NHL contract. They have Matt Murray injured. Samsonov fine. Shelgren was injured the other day. Supposedly he's fine, so fine that he can play tonight. Joseph Wall injured, and Dennis Hildeby uh, is in Sweden and mm-hmm. eighteen. Or 19 or whatever. So that's not going to happen. They have decent options to sign. They have Dylan Ferguson, who's still with the organization after a tryout. They have Dryden McKay, who they got out of the NCAA last year. They got Keith Petrozelli, but both McKay and Petrozelli are on AHL deals. They have to free up a contract spot to sign someone. And even though they were able to uh, stave off disaster, with the fact that Shelgren was cleared to play, they still should probably make a move here and probably in the next few days because on Friday or whenever they leave for Winnipeg, they're not going to be home for like two weeks. Well, and beyond that, any NHL general manager looking at the Leafs situation, so say you're a GM and we'll use Wayne Simmons as an example because the Leafs already said we're going to try to trade. Mm -hmm. If you were saying before, okay, Kyle, I I will take Wayne. I'd love him in my lineup. I'd love him in my room. Mm-hmm. We're a team on the upswing and we need some veteran presence. I will give you future considerations for Wayne. Kyle says, no, I need a seventh or a sixth or something like that. And you kind of go back and forth and back and forth. But that's when both, in, that's when both goalies are healthy. Yeah. If I'm that same GM now, I'm saying, I'll take Wayne off your hands because I know you need a contract slot and you're going to have to pay me a pick. Yep. And that's... That's the cascade effect of this, right? Mm-hmm. Now, both Leaf goalies currently are healthy. So Kyle Dubas could tell you to fly kite. But if one of them perhaps takes a puck off the wrong part of their body and it hurts, and it's going to hurt for a few weeks, this is the issue you run into. You could be in the position that the Montreal Canadiens were in last year where Sam Montembeau played injured for like a month. Or, or what Robin Leonard had to do, sit on the bench even though he wanted to have surgery because yeah. of Vegas. Yeah, or you could have a goalie who's in the same position as Matt Murray where it's not a question of can you play hurt, it's he can't go. 
He cannot go. So tonight, heading into tonight's game, everything's fine. But we are one wrong move away from disaster here. Right. And we know how easy it is for goalies flying around the place to get injured. They need to free up a spot. The, the easiest solution to me, free up a spot, sign one of the guys you have. Keith Petrozelli seems to be on his way to an NHL deal. Dryden McKay, I imagine, is on his way to an NHL deal. Um, and then there's Dylan Ferguson, who they obviously brought in for a reason. Right. Right? Does, <clears throat> does Kyle Dubas deserve criticism for the risk he took? Of course. Or of course. was it the right thing to do? Both no, could be true. Yeah. Maybe it was the right thing to do, but you could still criticize move. Both can be true. <sighs> I'm very happy with my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I almost lost it. it. You know, when when I was in, I think it was in grade seven or eight, I used to ride the shit out of my bike all around the neighborhood. And that's how I got great at track is I just had rhinoceros legs from riding my bike on the hardest gear uphill. This is all the time. Like just, I did it as like training. And one day I tried to cross the street. It was right by St. Brendan. Mm-hmm. And there was a car coming, but I thought I was fast as shit. And I'm like, I'm going to beat this car. I fly by it. I feel the wind of the guy behind me and immediately like when you're when you're when you're a kid you just sort of go ha made it no i had a very adult thought and i was oh my god i almost just fucking died you became self-aware <laughs> and aware of your mortality and, and if i didn't have that realization i would have got it when the dude came screeching the fuck around he did a full u-turn and he came and he just cursed me the fuck out this man He's he's like, I could have killed you. Now, this is maybe too serious of a story for this situation, but I took a risk and I made it and it's fine. So that's an okay thing to do. No, it's not. That was It's a stupid thing to do. I just happened to have got away with it. Right. Mm. So if no one gets hurt last year, uh, Mrazek doesn't get hurt last year, we talk about, you know, the Leaf sports science team and how they're geniuses and how they, uh, you know, forget rebuilding and fixing Alex Galchenyuk. They rebuilt and fixed Peter Morazic's groin. And this year they're tasked with doing the same thing. And I, medicine can only do so much, man. Yeah. Shit happens to the human body. And they made two big bets on two uh injury prone goalies like Morazic we keep focusing on the Leafs got out of it at a relatively low price it cost them 13 spots in the draft that's not nothing they had the 25th pick i think it was yeah they were in the first round they moved back to the second and yeah and then, and then i think they got Fraser Minton 38th yeah cost them 13 13 spots in the draft because you signed a guy who played 12 games to a three-year deal. Are you sure? Okay. Suppose. And now we're in this situation again. One game in again. And there's no cap room and no contract slots. Like, 
we praise them for being $4 away from the cap and we're like, Brandon Pridham's a wizard. This team is not designed to fly by the seat of its pants. You have to, if you're going to play that close to the line, you have to have a backup plan to your backup plan is what you're saying. It's not even Halloween and they're already in complete disaster area. I look at the 50 contract situation as something like, hey, don't sign two more guys during the summer. Have some room. That's terrible foresight. It's not a disaster yet, though. And the argument, right. it's not a disaster yet. There, you're, you're right up to the cliff's edge. Yeah. But it is not a disaster as of this recording. Happened. Has yeah. not happened. And we might, just, we might just get close enough to take a peek, kind of like an Indiana Jones movie. You're just kind of hanging off the side of the motorcycle. And then you kind of straighten out and everything's fine. Because remember, and it's, this isn't like a how the Leafs have played over three games conversation. This is a how the <laughs> Leafs were managed over the summer. They could be three and one tonight. And you see how easy it is to pull this, this, the rope this tight. No. Right? So there's no, there's not really any room left. And I, I wonder now, um, I, I, they, they have to be, if, if they're having a meeting today in Dubas's shabby little office, which is still the shabbiest I office. I think that's to blame for this situation. It has to be. The shitty um, office. The, what they have to be discussing is, okay, Brandon, so let's say one of the two goes down tonight. What then? Mm-hmm. And I don't actually know what the answer would be. You'd have to make a trade. You have to make a move. Mm-hmm. They have at a disadvantage. They have contingencies in place. Like I'm 100 percent sure they've done that. They've done the homework on this. But to get to this situation is a failure. And I you're think. trading from a disadvantage. Yeah. Right. That's awful. Yeah. So fascinating. However, the Leafs played pretty well against Ottawa. Uh, I I in the second half of the game. I, I well yeah. for sure. Okay, listen. I'll, I'll give you the first first period, first half of the game sure. for sure. But I think what the Leafs are came out in the third period. I, I have a theory. Or what they about, should be. I have a theory about the Leafs. They start slow. <laughs> no, I thought because they started well. <laughs> no, just they started well and then uh, just, a, just a festive penalty call. Oh, boy. That was bad. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was a bad call. There, there oh, were, I, t- I touched your shoulder holding call. This is a holding call. It was one of the strangest officiated <laughs> games that I remember. In like in in recent memory, because there were four calls all night, mm-hmm. two to mm-hmm. Leafs, two to the Sens, and I think there was one real penalty among them. So it was like a weird put your whistles away game with ex- almost exclusively bad calls. Yeah, yeah, but you got to call something. You got to yeah, call what something. The refs are doing. Like we got to justify being here. <laughs> but my theory about Leaf games that I've been noticing more and more as I do these LFRs, they. The Leafs play hockey in 10-minute quadrants. Okay. Not, not quadrants, segments. They play hockey in 10-minute segments. The Quadrant first... implies four, by the yeah, way, which I, know, I think is hilarious. I fucked up. 40-minute games. Six segments? Segments. I like that a lot better, actually. All right. Episode title, segments. Anyway. So anyway, they play... those, aren't we, Naughty? They play 10 minutes at a time. Yes. Their first 10 minutes was great. Then I thought they were pretty shabby for about half an hour. And well, like we're just nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And then in the third period, they were excellent, just like they were against the Capitals. Since we since we mentioned the penalties, let's not forget the over the glass call. That was that just did not, not called. <laughs> that or how about I listen, I think Brendan Gallagher the, the reaction to Brendan Gallagher's comments about Tim Stutzla were overblown. Timothy, have some Frigging pride. No. That was shocking. Timmy Stutz is doing the right stuff. 
Well, uh, it's working for you, him now. You, you do it until it doesn't work. Yeah, like and I go play, and, and then the rest I of his career play, will never. Right, I don't blame it's him gonna at all. Follow him. No, I don't blame him at all. So it's, it's about him. winning the game today, and he's doing his best. So uh, former senator, former Red Wing, Bobby Ryan was watching that play, and here's what he had to say. He said, Keith has to make more of a scene on that. And we're talking about the missed puck over glass penalty that they didn't yeah. call. It's early on in the season and it's a small one, but it's something that refs say later, oh, we messed up. Sorry. Too little, too late. If I miss a power play with 34 in the gang, I'm losing points over the course of the season. Dude, that's great insight from a former NHL player. Or is he? I, I could have sworn I don't know if he's he was retired under contract. Or not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's great insight from a guy who knows because... I I was very su- surprised to read that because I was watching it and going, Sheldon, holy shit, you got to calm down. <laughs> but it's funny, like Sheldon Keefe always looks like he's yelling, though. He he could be talking. <laughs> he looks like he's he's a yell talker. <laughs> he's he's a yell talker. But when he gets mad, you see reds. Yeah, you see it. Sheldon Keefe's not a calm man. No, <laughs> like in any respect. I really like this breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> no, coaches coaches don't have numbers two through nine. Right, right. Uh, yeah. They have one and ten, mm-hmm. and he is—he was ten on that play. Well, Bobby Ryan, I think, was accusing him of being eight and a half, eight and a half or nine. Yeah, don't be one foot in, be two feet. He We've seen Sheldon angrier than that. He's right on that. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. We saw him get fined for saying "fuck you, Graham" to a ref <laughs> who was named Graham, <laughs> which I thought was pretty personal. <laughs> Do you think he meant anyone in particular with that? No, I don't know. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? But uh, he got the John Boy treatment for that, actually. You Did just he? reminded me. Because uh, enough people tagged John Boy in it um, that he was able to read his lips uh, on the play. Load, damn you! Um, I'm trying to find it because he was actually able to quote him. Mm-hmm. That's uh, okay. I don't. It's okay. It's all right. People can go to John Boy and watch it if yeah. they want to. We don't need to pull it up. Um, <laughs> I want to on the Leafs uh, versus the Senators. I think son of a gun. A lot of the post game comments that I saw was talking about the Sens transition game and like that's how they're scoring. I, the Leafs aren't um, a fast team, not on like, the back end. Yeah, I think like the the idea that we have in our mind about how much like elite scoring they have that they would also translate to them being like a super quick transition team. They get up and down the ice. That's not really how they play. And I think the Sens who play a more uh, a game like that, where it's just kind of, we're going to fly down this other end of the ice. They kind of expose that the Leafs aren't really fast, but that's not how they're necessarily going to score. This is now the third game of the season, and or that was the third game of the season, and all three teams have tried to beat the Leafs the same way, um, where the Leafs are going to have the puck more. They're going to have the puck more. The other team's going to try to keep them to the outside, going to try to get in front of their passes, get in front of their shots, <clears throat> and sneak behind them mm-hmm. for odd man rushes. And it it works. It does work. The Leafs, I think, are getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm noticing an improvement at least through the first three games. But everyone's trying. It. But when when Caulfield gets loose, and if, <laughs> if it works two three times in a game, that's all you need. Sometimes that Simsonov did not get enough credit for that save on Kachuk in the third. And I say that as someone who didn't bring it up in the other <laughs> video. It's, it's it, despite the fact that it was twenty minutes. I'm so sorry, Drew. Um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how that's how teams Yeah, are they're a real them. puck dominant. I think there's kind of a building formula, and I wonder if the if Keith and the coaching staff kind of works towards uh, ending that for the other team, you know? But you know who was good? Justin Hall. 
first start of the game. <laughs> That's Hall right. Of Famer. I and ha I've said this for a very long time. That game you saw from Justin Hall mm -hmm. is the way he has to play. It's it's what got him a contract in the National Hockey League, playing Ian Tullock in EASHL style defense, where he is the right defenseman crashing up the left wing. <laughs> Ian, please stop. <laughs> You are Pro not Justin Hall. We're adults and we're trying to play a formation here. Yeah, I see. He's a Justin Hall truther, and now I discovered why. Yeah, because that's how he Justin is Hall Justin Hall. Played. But he generated two goals by crashing up the left side, mm -hmm. and, and, and on the game-winning one, he scored it himself. That's how he played in the minors. That's how he got to this point. And at some point, he became like ineffective shutdown guy. And I don't know when that <laughs> happened. Uh, but it worked for like a couple months and we're like, okay, I guess that's what Justin Hall is now. No, what you saw against the Sens, when he jumps up in the rush, that's Justin Hall at his best. So that's the setup I hope they maintain. I don't, I don't know if you saw the post game, but they're like, Justin, you're not really known for your scoring. And he said, what? <laughs> and they gave him the first hockey night in Canada towel of the year. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, because they haven't been able to do that for two years, right? Because you couldn't give them oh. anything. And he's like, how does it feel to be the first guy to get it? And he's like, oh, it feels feels great. Like, he's like laughing. He's like, I didn't even know. Like, you know, but it was just sort of funny. to go. Oh, but he sold it, right? He's like, no, right. it's great. It feels great. It's awesome that we're here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the other thing I want to point out. He's from Minnesota. Um, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're hey, he didn't grow up watching this. <laughs> He might have. He might have got like a signal. Across. Your, your uncle is going to hate this, but William Nylander's had a really good start to the year. And that goal, that goal in the third period <laughs> was laser. Like the, Forsberg's arm is in the right place. It's He's going side to side, shifting, throwing his arm up, and the puck is just enough where it goes past. It's It was so close that that should have gone off the post. I want to hear it. What? When are we going to start the conversation? People hate William Nylander. William Nylander has the best shot on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh! <laughs> I, will, I will hear best right-handed shot on the Leafs. Oh, there you go. A boo. Boo. <laughs> nah, boo. Best well, shot. After Justin Hall. <laughs> the, dude, the dude looks deadly three games in. He's been unbelievable. And uh, what a pass from Matthews and what a not covering anyone by the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> That was uh, that was not their uh, best moment. The, the, the little saucer. I'm so happy you mentioned the little pass. Matthews. Ugh. He he did a little. You can see on his face, he's concentrating really hard. And it's a perfect little saucer. It's like a foot off the ice. It was beautiful play. Mm -hmm. uh, John Tavares, goal. I thought was the little thing king all night. Just mm -hmm. like nice little passes. Like there there was there was a lot of things to like about that. I've game. always wondered about the chemistry between those two. Ooh, Matthews. Matthews and Nylander. Not Matthews and Nylander. Jeez. Um, Tavares Nylander. Sometimes, okay. sometimes they're electric. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, they can't get it going. It seems like this year, so far, three games, I get it. They've looked like the better that they usually can be. Well, and thank goodness, because through the first two games, the top line wasn't very effective. And, yeah. And uh, it's rare both are shut off at the same time. And you can win a lot of games with only one of them. In the playoffs, yeah. it'd be nice to have both at the same time. Yeah, if both of them are going, <laughs> they're a really, really difficult team to beat. Um, we'll leave it at that, unless you guys have anything else you'd like to, unless you, you want to deep dive Victor Mete being up on the roster or anything like that. <laughs> Robertson's just, probably going to draw in at some point here. You guys, I mean, he, he's now on the team. Because I don't think Muzzin had that great of a game. I don't think he's had a good... What? He yeah. set up the game time goal? Yeah, he had one play. 
He had a good defensive play too, where he he broke it up. Uh, no, I watched. He broke up a two on one. What was the first goal that he was on the ice for? Oh, I don't remember. I don't know, man. Um, I watched Justin Hall or Justin Hall. I watched Jake Muzzin back up on a play where he should be pinching his man. It was awful, awful defense. I don't think he had that great of a game. See, I think no, that's the puck going off the glass. And anyway, Jesse, way to way to break down a play that no one can see. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are you are right. You are I'm just right. saying, step up a little, <laughs> a little Jakey. I think that's a. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. But he said, "Move on, Adam." I just, I liked his his celebration for his assist. All right. do the do the caca that you did in the LFR. <laughs> let's uh, let's get to Dave with you can bet that. Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook presents You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Must be 19 plus. Please play responsibly, Ontario only. His name is Dave, and he's got the odds, baby. And the odds are not in Arizona's favor tonight. No. They are ever not in their favor, but especially tonight. What are the odds if you bet on the Coyotes <laughs> to beat the Leafs? Just over five times your money. A 519 for an Arizona win. Are you tempted at all? So if I, mean, I put $20 uh, down, I would get how much back? Uh, gee whiz, you're making me think now. Is $20. A, uh, about 100 bucks. 100 bucks. 103. 103. Yeah. Would the odds change with the news of Eric Shelgren starting? Yeah. Uh, you never know, actually. It's a good point, Steve. Good point. Yeah. You know, because sometimes we don't, you know, there's a, there's established odds. And then all of a sudden you hear news about player injuries, backup goaltenders, something happens. Um, yeah, you know what? It could, could drift a little bit, but let's not kid each other. Uh, Arizona is going to be underdogs for 99% of the season. So if they're on the road in an opposition building, for sure, they'll be the underdogs in this one. I'll tell you this though. Arizona, 6-1 and one in their last seven appearances in Toronto. <laughs> really? Actually? There's no way. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure the one Leaf win was uh, an overtime one where they blew a lead. It recently, Kapanen got the OT winner, I think. Well, the Leafs 6-1? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they don't come to Toronto a lot, guys, so it's not oh. like you have a large sample size, but it just seems that, you know, and, and you hear this a lot. A lot of a lot of Ontario-born players come to town, and best effort ahead, right? Yeah. Six and one in the last seven. That's that's pretty substantial, though. Um, also, the Leafs have this perpetual habit of blowing it versus bad teams, as we saw in Game One yeah, versus that's true. Montreal. But you know, <laughs> cupcake schedule though, eh? Cupcake schedule for your Leafs right off the top. Tough. I mean, four four games against maybe one playoff team. Oof. Yeah, well, sorry. Right. The, the rest of the month's going to be tough, rest, right? Rest of the month. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's not the difficulty of the opponents. It's just the frequency of the games and yeah. the road trip and everything. And the leafiness of the Leafs. And the leafiness of the Leafs. And also, mm. don't ever bet against your team. But if you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> go to sportsinteraction.com/stpn, that's what you do. Well, yeah, it's a good site. Today. Join it. Yeah, a lot of player props too. By the way, a lot of people like to sit there and go, "Oh, maybe it's an Arizona game. Maybe it's a seven goal game." Well. Bet on some props then, too. Jesse, would Make you, it happen. What, what do you think goals-wise? What do you think this game will Oh, be? anytime goal scorer Austin Matthews. He's getting one tonight. Versus the Coyotes? He has to oh, score. Yeah. Arizona, boy, scores against Arizona? Absolutely. The has Leafs, to happen. The Leafs are heavily prone, uh, prone to getting goalied. And Vimelka did it to them last year. He <laughs> uh -huh. can do it to them again. No, are, are <laughs> Matthews' parents going to be in the house? I assume oh, so. Oh, they have to then be. guaranteed anytime goal scorer Austin Matthews. There you go. You there have to is. score when mom and dad is there, right? Exactly. That's right. Dave, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.
Um, uh, there's a couple of things from around the NHL that I want to talk about. First off, did you guys see the clip of Lindy Ruff getting booed in New Jersey? Uh, which one? There were a few. Uh, a few. There was the the fire Lindy chant and him getting <laughs> booed he, when they were announcing the coach. And he was like, "Am I getting booed?" Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, well, it reminded no, it's, me. It's Lindy. What? It <laughs> It reminded me of that story that was in Berkey's book about he had to fire Ron Wilson because he just couldn't put him out there behind the bench anymore because Lee fans had turned on him. There was uh, like, everyone remembers the fire Wilson chant. Uh, Very few people forget. uh, They asked like a trivia question to a fan. You know how they'll do that. And like, Oh, if you win, you get like a free Jersey or whatever. And and the question was something like who gets, or who currently has the, uh, the, the most goals in leaf history. Is it a Doug Gilmore B Wendell Clark or C Matt Sundin and the guy into the microphone to the entire Air Canada Center goes the answer is C Fire Wilson. <gasps> oh. <laughs> did they give it to him? <laughs> I think they did because he had the right answer. Like the he got what I remember is the answer he got the letter right. Oh. And also, instead of saying it, said, fire the coach. Whoa. So thanks for saying, fire the coach into the microphone. Here's your free jersey. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Wow. There's a video of it somewhere. I've seen it. It's, uh, so, uh, stones. Uh, and so the interesting opposite of that is the Philadelphia. Oh, before, before oh, you want to talk about New Jersey. Devil, the, oh, you want to keep talking about New Jersey? Um, Listen, I wouldn't want to focus too much on New Jersey. Why would I want to do that? Coming off, coming off of game one, Miles Wood goes out to the crowd, uh, the crowd, the media, and yes. says, game two is a must win. And then they lost. And then you go out, and your goalie that you brought in gives you absolutely no chance. Vitek Vanacek? Vanacek, it was 17 saves on 22 shots. It wasn't pretty, and the, it's two games. Mm-hmm. It's two games, but you have, a, you have a player saying it's a must win. You lose the game. The goalie situation seems to be the exact same one from last year, where Blackwood looked garbage in game one, uh, Vanacek looked garbage in game two. How is this team supposed to do anything when it's the same shit at year in, year out, where they have no goal and the coaching staff can't get it together? I feel bad for Devils fans. It's two games and it's, it's terrible. I, maybe they're just not a complete team yet. Like, I, I know that that pissed off a lot of people, but like, again, when I said in the offseason... I'm looking at the Devils roster and they have some unbelievable star talent and then, uh, and then a bunch of guys. And sometimes a bunch of guys provide good depth. Other times a bunch of guys are just a bunch of guys. But how do those bunch of guys look if they get at 800 level goaltending? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny because, yeah, like uh, every team should say that. Listen, if, we got, if we've only got some good goaltending. Think of where we'd be. Think of some of the goaltending Lindy <laughs> Ruff has gotten in his career. <laughs> oh, he's had... He had prime Ryan Miller. Yeah, he had some good goals. He was unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, this is... Uh, it's it's two games. Not a great situation. It's two games. Their own players come out and say it's a must win. It's a win. must win. It well, felt like that in New Jersey, and they, they let Ben Chirot put up a goal and assist. Ooh, that's rough. What, like, uh, no, it's Lindy. It's what... <laughs> what coach, though, wants to come into that situation? Hey, uh, we'd really like you to coach our team. Um, we're this is uh, we're three games in, and uh, <laughs> neither of our goalies work. What co- what coach wants that situation? Mm-hmm. 
That's uh, mm-hmm. no bueno, man. That's it. Listen, it's a tough start. Um, Oilers have had an extremely tough time on defense and in net, and they found a way to come back and win the first one, and they made a game of the second one. You know, so maybe that's the way the Devils need to win games. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I don't think anyone's denying their offensive talent, um, or at very least their offensive potential um, for the future. Jesse pulls up their schedule. Listen, you got a home game against the Ducks. That's what. Oh, Make it happen, night. baby. Tomorrow night, it's weirdly a huge game. It's weirdly <laughs> a huge game because if you lose You're at home, are you worse to than the Ducks? The ducks <laughs> It gives you an idea of where you're at in this league, and I don't know. We might be done here, like with no. Well, mate, with Lindy, three games, guys. Todd Richards at least got nine with Columbus. No, but it's it's. If I'm not mistaken, Todd Richards was nine, and that's it. Like Lindy Ruff was the coach of the Devils last year. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they were bad last year. And yeah. they had bad goaltending last year. That's on the. G- that, I'd be looking square at the GM. Who's the GM? Well, if you're the GM, uh, John Gillies the, is my starter. Who's the GM? Um, oh my god, is it not Ray Shiro? He, he was. He was a. Is Ray Shiro the president or the GM? I don't know. I don't know. It's Tom Fitzgerald, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's Tom Fitzgerald. There yeah, and Shiro's the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I was just looking this up. Lindy Ruff's been there since the 2020 season. So this is we're going. They've been this rebuilding is the third. Ish season, he's like, fifty six games, I'm, and I'm defending the I'm defending the Devils here. This is the position we're in. I don't know, like it's about time. Oh man, it's oh like man. I've never seen someone's coaching career go down in three games here. But if you lose tomorrow night to Anaheim, we got to start talking about it. And how you lose too, because like Anaheim's yes. looked devastatingly bad. <laughs> they won a game. They're one and one. Who was the? Who did they get killed by? Uh that was game two. I think that they played the. Um, hold on. They lost like seven one to somebody. Yeah, hold on. I thought it's definitely dude. There have been so many games, and also yesterday, none games. Seven one to the Islanders on Saturday. Ooh, that was what you're thinking. Oof, Maroon. Yeah, that is uh, that's stuff. Um. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, I want to I want to do a couple of things here um before the show like i want i wanted to get these things so can there are currently one two three four five six seven teams in the league that do not have a win yet the majority of those teams really? have only played two games though mm-hmm. so we give them a pass right right including the devils including the devils who played who are the <laughs> two teams one team played three and one team played four zero points and san jose sharks San Jose Sharks. They're absolutely are 0 and dog 4. Shit. Actually? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, and the other one. And then, so the, yeah, San Jose's 0 and 4. And then he said there's another team that's 0 and 3. 0 and 3. The team who's for sure going to win tonight, the Coyotes. No. no. Columbus Blue Jackets. Coyotes have a point? Yeah, no, no, they're 0 and 2. 0 and 2. Columbus is 0 and 3. Yeah. And they have currently. Even though they've played one less game than San Jose, the worst goal differential in the league. Already at minus nine. Dude, Line a scored such a nice goal. I think it was Jeff Merrick tweeted. He's like, oh my God, he's going for 40 this year. And I think 10 minutes later, he was injured mm-hmm. for the next month. Uh, yeah, oh my said, God. said Line a fantasy owners. Yeah, it's weird because no like, the they signed Goudreau and all we said was, hey, they don't really look that great on paper. 
besides they added this one piece and three games in it's kind of proven true yes yes oh <laughs> well i think i don't think anybody thought that they were prime time ready yet but i don't know if they thought they'd get into a start that's this rough now oh and four you can recover from that start oh seven and fun oh seven and one which is how the leafs started uh 12 13 years ago in their first season with phil castle with he didn't play um uh that is not recoverable so san jose's in the ter- they're in the territory they're closing in on we may not be able to recover this season in the first two weeks what's your bar because like right now if we're talking about three game losing streak so yeah. like if this is in january it's not even like yeah, a no, thing no, no, we're it's talking just, this about. is a bad week this is all overreaction because of the first week of the season yeah but what's your bar as this keeps going and say a team's like one in six one in seven one in ten like when is it actually panic season? Your season's kind of done here. I think you really start to worry after four or five. Um, well, I mean, if you're zero and four and zero and five, like you didn't even luck your way into one of them. It's the NHL. You should at least get one. It's the NHL, but but a, like a five game losing streak in February, like that your season's not over. No, you're starting the season though. It's different. It's, different. Yeah. it's, it's, it's harder like to come back from a bad start. It is. Yeah. Pe- teams have done it. Look at the Blues. They won a cup doing it. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those where, like, if you think about it like this, the if you if you were to subdivide the season into eight or sorry ten game segments, right? Mm-hmm. You'd have eight of them, and then plus two on the end. Okay. Six if you're minutes. getting, if you're three and six throughout the whole thing, you're not looking so hot. So even three six three seven three six and one, mm-hmm. that's ugly. That's an ugly start. It's not great. Yeah, not great. Three times, so you'd have thirty something wins, which is not great. Uh, if you're two and a half wins for every ten games, it's that's a really ugly way to start the year. Here's here's the difference between a slide in like January or February and a slide right out of the gate. Imagine a runner on the starting blocks, and the gun goes off and they fall flat on their face. And then they have to get up and start from zero. Yeah. Or imagine they stumble, catch themselves, and continue the race. I had a high school teacher explain to us that um, he said, listen, the assignments earlier on in the year are going to be easy because every teacher is easing you into it. He said, do your best to get 100% on those assignments because you're starting from here. Yeah. He's like, just if it's a homework assignment, you have to hand it in, just do it. So because if you could start from here, even if you fall 40 points, you're still passing. And, and, and he's like, and that, he's like, I've seen it happen, but he's like, obviously he's like, it's the harder thing to come back. From. And think, they're right. I think I told the story before, but we had a, like a long-term supply teacher yeah. who everyone loved in English. And there was a student in our class who didn't do very well. And he submitted his test for this book he did not read. Okay. <laughs> and he left a big chunk of it blank. And the teacher refused to accept the test. He's, he goes, no, I need you to fill this out. He goes, I don't know what happened in the book. I didn't read it. He's like, no, it's five marks and there's spelling and grammar. Mm-hmm. Write something. And the guy goes, uh, okay. So he just wrote something and he goes, do you mind if I read it to the class? He goes, <laughs> yeah, go. Okay. And it's like, this is like, we're talking like Macbeth. And he's like, I like chicken, but I also like pizza. Chicken is great, but there's something about pizza. Pizza is versatile. Pizza is, and he wrote like a paragraph about pizza and he got a two out of five. That, that's right on the edge, right? 
Not on the edge. Um, okay, I want to. I want to. And your point was the I don't point know. is don't, don't start. Don't, don't start remember. bad. Basically, that if the coyote, if the, if San My Jose point is, is Mr. Percy, I hope you're doing well. I don't know whatever happened to you. It was a long time ago, but you were great. San Jose needs a split of their next six games. They need to win three games and lose three to even hang on to this season being a season. I doubt it's going to happen. I know. Listen, we didn't have them high, highly ranked in our previews either, and I don't think they did. Um, I, I want to ask you this. Who leads the league in points right now? Connor McDavid. Wait, team or player? Uh, sorry, player. Oh, I know the answer. Who is it? And you can all eat shit. Mason Marchment. Sydney fucking Crosby. And he is tied with Artemi Panarin. I would have accepted either, but Crosby gets the edge. I think he's got more goals. Who is leading the league in goals? Is it McDavid with the hat trick? No, someone has four. Oh, shit. Zabanajad? There are three people tied in Mika? goals. Connor, uh-huh. Stammer, Nino Niederreiter. Hey, four what? goals. Nice. Crazy. Dude, I love that signing so much. Isn't that? It's a great yeah. signing. Steven Stamkos has four goals. Yeah. <sighs> Eat shit out of him. I know. His I know. career's done. They were all in the power He was play. looking <laughs> done. They were all in the power oh, play. Yeah, they were all in the power They probably play. were. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't count if they're in the power no. play. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Man. Uh, Man. Uh, that, that dude dedicated last year to saying, fuck you, Adam Wilde. That's fine. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's fine. Um... Who has, and this is a little bit more of a misnomer, it's the harder one, because no one pays attention. Who's got the most assists? Oh. Hmm. Leon Dreisaitl. Great guess. Kreider. Uh, Kreider's no, Kreider's not even on the list. Uh, <laughs> Panarin so and Rantanen. Five assists already each. Wow. Amazing. Now, um, I want to know if you can tell me who is leading in rookie scoring. Ooh. Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting. <laughs> He's a rookie again. Still eligible. <laughs> Somehow. Detroit fans are just... Uh. Matt Boldy doesn't qualify as a rookie anymore, does he? I don't think so. I'm still mad about not getting it. It's not Beneers. It's not... Uh... I'm going to say Beneers. Owen Power. Maddie Beneers, four oh, points. Okay. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I'm at Beneers. I'm at Beneers. A goal and three assists. Not wow. bad. Yeah, good no, for good start. Yeah, they're good doing player. great. So I just, I, I, I always find it fun after the first weekend to be like, hey, who, mm-hmm. who are those people? And actually, if you look at the lists, you know, usually you have some, some weirdo who's in like the top 10 that doesn't really belong there. Most of them are pretty, pretty much the stars are scored. Yeah. Jason Robertson's had a crazy start as well. Uh, it's just, oh, man. Nino Niederreiter being tied for first and goals is pretty weird. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Other than him. Other than him. I just love Nino Niederreiter. Um, okay, so uh, we should mention this before we get to the press conference because it's an important uh, story. The NHL this weekend closed the investigation on Ian Cole. Uh, now, that does not exonerate. They just reinstated him. And what they said was there's not uh, sufficient evidence to support the allegations. Uh, Cole obviously categorically denied this. Um, and, you know, I, I think the NHL basically, they, they went through a whole bunch of records um, and they, uh, uh, they said they did a thorough investigation. But the thing that throws a little bit of water on the idea that they did a thorough investigation is several hours before they came out and said, we've closed the case, the NHL Twitter account reached out 
to the account that made the accusations. It's a one tweet account. It was it we believe it was made uh, just before the the posting went up, and they said please DM us. Yeah. Now a lot of people see that. Uh, and rightfully so, as sort of like, okay, so how much dicking did you actually do? And I'm going to give the NHL, I'm going to say that I think the NHL, I'm not going to give them anything. I think the NHL probably used that as a last resort. The last thing That's what I think too. the yeah. NHL would want to do is reach out in a public setting like Twitter to get you to DM them, right? That's the last thing they'd want to do. Now, at very least, I think they know how little we think of them. Yes. <laughs> and, and that we... Uh, say they have a lot of work to do because they do it's still a pr nightmare yeah it still looks like shit and you have every right to go okay well i the nhl did this investigation so how much do we trust it because the nhl frankly has not had the best record when it comes to this stuff as you know here's what i imagine the lightning and or ian cole's camp argued this tweet was posted. Mm -hmm. Multiple parties have tried to get in contact with this person mm -hmm. who, like, I assume didn't use their real name. Yeah, I, I don't know. I assume. I'm assuming. So uh, didn't use their real name. And the argument that I think Ian Cole and or the Lightning and or the League would have made is, well, how long are we willing to wait? Mm -hmm. Um... Just because the investigation has been closed for now, which I know is disappointing to a lot of people, I don't think closes the door on the possibility of the investigation being opened up later if there's more. Mm -hmm. But right now, there's just the tweet. Right. And for some of you, that's going to be enough. Mm -hmm. That's going to be enough. He can't play a game but again. A, but a legal perspective, they can't. They can't verify that. And so there's no legal grounds. Now, like you got to be able to say to the guy, you can't play yeah. and have an argument for why. And I, I think it's an, I think it's an extremely ugly, difficult situation that I'm going to go out on a limb and say is not over. The PA issued a statement regarding Ian Cole. And I'm going to read this word for word and then mm -hmm. we got to discuss it because I think uh, I think people were rightly pissed off about this. And. Um, and I, I got a little bit of insight from it. So I want to, I want to, um, so the NHLPA statement regarding the NHL investigation, we are pleased that the situation with Ian Cole is now resolved and that the NHL has closed the matter. See, that's an interesting one, Steve, because you just said they might, if new information came to, came up, they'd open this again. However, players should never be subject to suspension or discipline in response to unsubstantiated and anonymous accusations. Removing a player from his team under these circumstances is inappropriate and grossly unfair. We are engaging the league in discussions on how to address similar situations in the future. Now, this is one that they never this publicly, at least have ever dealt with on social media. Um, a lot of people, myself included, looked at that and said, what the fuck is that? Was that necessary? And at the end of the day, it was not. The NHL's the NHLPA's perspective on this as best as I understand it, is what's to stop somebody from posting something to a Twitter account right before a playoff game and naming a player, a fan from another team? I think a right. lot of players are worried, man. A, a lot of players are worried. Now, and that's where this comes, comes from. If you're coming at it from a place of the, um, 
the amount of uh, uh, phony assault allegations out there is somewhere between four and eight percent, depending upon what your what study you're looking at. I've seen lower. I've seen lower. It's it's one of those where the PA made that statement. And when you look at the percentages that low, you're not coming from a perspective of this is an extremely, something like this would be an extremely rare happenstance. And the, I think the PA really fucked up here because you have a lot of people who are like, hey, listen, this is an extremely small number of times that something like this happens. This is the first time, at least in my personal memory, that anything like this has happened on this sort of public forum. And... Not that I remember. So, yes, it's the PA's job to protect the players. We get that. But having this public statement, it's sort of, to me, it's, a, it, it's something that they did not need to say. If you want to engage the NHL, engage the NHL. If you're worried about that type of thing and you want to create an instance where it's, a, it's you know, depending upon what it is, there's a sliding scale or however it is that you legally want to work it out, that's one thing. But unf- what this does is it adds sort of fuel to the fire that every person or most people that come forward with these allegations to someone who is prominent, like an athlete, is making it up. It's, oh, it's that person's crazy. You know what I mean? That's, that's sort of been the, oh, you, you know, they're, 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 just a, they're just a fan that got too close. That's the perception that's trying to be fought. They're, they're only out trying to get stuff so that so and so's money never right. actually get in these situations. Right. So... So for the PA to do that, I think that they need to really do some soul searching here on on where they stand when it comes to not just the players, but also uh, uh, where we stand on women's rights. Not we, they. Because honestly, 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 if the PA had said nothing publicly, we wouldn't be talking. Right. That's that's my entire thing on this. I think we share the same thoughts. It's so unbelievably unnecessary to come out and say this. You could have just you could have just done this behind closed doors if that's your feelings, you know, have that conversation. But you didn't need to release this public uh, this public statement and kind of a spit in the face of allegations like that. I think they would disagree. So the 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 tone uh, of the statement was not for positive PR. The tone of the statement was for strength. It's it's combative. Yeah, on on purpose. Right. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, because I mean, that's exactly what Hockey Canada has done mm-hmm. for the last several months is been combative and they lost the hell out of the PR war. Um, but what they were trying to do was dig in their heels and show strength. We will not be bullied. We will not be moved. We will not compromise against and people accusing a player of sexual assault. That was confirmed that's, that's and they paid you, it out. That's who you want to bully against? Yeah. No, no. Listen. No, I'm talking about this specific. Yeah, oh, you're think, talking about this one. Yeah. To be honest with you, this is, I think, the best the NHL's handled it. They took the player out. They investigated. They couldn't find the uh, uh, the sub- substantial evidence to support it, and they reinstate the player. Mm-hmm. And I, I listen. It, it's probably still imperfect. There's probably still things that they could do better. But I mean, how else would you want this to go? Honestly, and that's for the PA and the NHL to sort out. But I, I just feel like I don't I don't quite understand what the PA was like. They weren't this strong on beach, right? They weren't this strong on anything else. Now they're going to be. Now you're going to be like this. Now you're going to come out well, and make a grand public pronouncement. Player's livelihood was affected, so they care. The player was paid. 
Yeah, but his reputation and blah blah blah. It's a I, it's a useless organization. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. This I, wasn't the instance yeah. to be combative and, and get to put your feet in the ground and challenge. They're it. trying it's to. Just, it's they're just trying like, to discourage people from doing this again. Right. Uh, whether you know, but that discourages it, people from coming forward. They have to. They have to take that on balance. If you're this the, person, if you're the lawyers for the PA, are you supposed to look at that as a bad thing? I understand. Agreed. I'm, I'm and with, like, I know, I know. I, I know how mm-hmm. monstrous that sounds. Yeah. So I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. A thousand percent. I just, I think it's, I think it's a really, like, you're, 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 this person, this Twitter account, even though it's not been linked directly to a person yet, could be real. Well, and have, has adequate time been given to this situation for it to be resolved? Like, what, what, what was the beginning to end i mean like two weeks they can do the investigation i mean i I mean yeah i'm sure they had many people on it too right that speeds it up october 7th october 7th today is the 17th october 17th so so 10 days 10 days ago but it was resolved saturday or friday or saturday so it was less than 10 days Mm -hmm. just over a week um it's this is it's a fascinating situation because it's never happened before. There needs to be a process. I agree. But at the end of the day, the PA does not need to make this statement because what it does is it shows that they're not coming from a place of most of these are real. That's how we need to look at this is most of these complaints are real. Over 90% They don't are want real. to come from there. They don't want to come from there. If you're and therein lies the, the rub. If you're, if you're working for the NHLPA... Uh, that is the last message you want to get across probably. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're trying to show strength and you're trying to stand behind your guys. A lot of whom are pretty scared right now. How many of the, uh, John Doe's in the hockey Canada case from 2018 are in the NHLPA currently? Mm-hmm. I think the answer is all of them probably. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're going to be a fascinating organiz- organization to watch for the next little while. Yeah. How many players from the 2003 team, when that ends up coming out, I just think are on NHL pensions I just, right now. And 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 listen, yeah, okay. You, nobody wants to be falsely accused of anything. Nobody does. I think we can not. all agree on that. Of course. But the not. reality is, if I have a son, I ha- I get to raise my son differently than the way I will raise my daughter, especially when she comes to age where she'll be going out. And probably having fun and probably, who knows, consuming alcohol. The reality, that is the reality of the world that we live in. And I just, we have to, if we're going to make any progress here, we have to acknowledge that reality everywhere. And that's, pro- that's the problem I have with the statement. Now, can the PA do it? Absolutely they can. But it requires somebody with a little bit of insight, perhaps a woman, I don't know, at the top or near the top to say, hey guys, fellas. Maybe you've never experienced this, but I haven't. Let me tell you about it. If if there is a positive to be gleaned from this, even if it's small, mm-hmm. it's this conversation around everything that's happening, like didn't even exist a few years ago. Agreed. Yes. So the NHLPA is doing its thing and I get it for the reasons that we laid out, whether you agree with it or not. But this conversation that we're having did not exist a few years ago. and. 
you know, whether, whether you agree that the NHL is doing their job, the NHLPA is doing their job. I think we're all starting to do our job as a society mm-hmm. and that's somewhere well, to start. It's going to start with any- us and then they'll have to, we'll have to drag them kicking and screaming yeah. into, uh, into the century. So I, and, and that's the way it's always been. Like the NHL is not a forefront leader on this stuff. We know that. Yeah. Well, I so, don't know if any of the other leagues are any better at this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're it's, right. They all have. We're, we're in a, uh, Era of reckoning, I guess you you could say. Agree. This is I don't this I'd be very surprised if this was the last we heard of this story. There it is. So with that, we'll do the press conference. 